Okay, so we are uh, talking about relationships um, and kind of why they're important and why they're sort of the first step in the superwoman path and this, the first pillar that we talk about. So last time we talked about how sort of the relationships that we have from our youngest years can really have a big impact on us and that it's good to go back and think about those beginnings. Uh, they can It can really help us to kind of understand ourselves and where we come from and really start finding that place of uh, of peace and almost like usness in the world. So my peaceful place is like my place where I find the core of me and who that is for me. And um, it took me a while to find it and to figure out what that actually looked like. Uh, and I think that um, that's why we start, we say something about it at the very, very beginning of this whole book and the whole series and everything, because sometimes it takes, it can take a while to find it. And we, um, we really want people to get there. And so, um, yeah, start thinking about it from the beginning. So kind of don't lose that idea from the very beginning of what is that place for you? Um, at least that's what helps me. It helps me to, to just go exploring and to find what that place is so that I can, I can really come from that super grounded, really connected place, uh, that speaks through me, the things that I think need to be out there in the world or the things that like the world is, is calling forth, um, to be said. So, so that's what we sort of talked about the last time. Uh, and now this time we're talking about crashing. So, you know, last time was very peaceful, uh, and this time is about crashing. And so, um, we talk about crashing against other people and what that means to us in relationships and, um, and why we crash against other people and why there's that sort of discord. And for a really long time, I really wanted every conversation and relationship to go really smoothly with the people around me. And I was kind of constantly trying to to cover up the, um, the chasms or the chasms that I saw um, opening in front of me. And... Um, and bridging that gap myself, even sometimes if it was just me bridging it all by myself instead of instead of the other person sort of leaning in as well. And I was just, I really didn't want those crashes to happen. I didn't want those those things to happen in those re- in relationships. Um, and I was kind of, I was so scared that if there were crashes, that then the other person would run away from me, and I wouldn't. Um, and, and I would be left alone. Uh, and so super interestingly, <laughs> I had no problem crashing with my husband. My husband and I crashed all the time. Uh, and I was really afraid to do that with girlfriends and friends because um, I really, really, really value friendship. Not that I don't value my husband too. I guess I, I felt like he and I had like taken vows. So he was stuck with me so he couldn't run away, you know? Um, whereas with my girlfriends, I was like, but they can run away. 
And so I was really afraid to talk about this stuff. And when I felt like there was like conflict or like issues, um, I wouldn't bring it up or I try to smooth it over or, you know, I try to kind of like wend my way down that pathway so that those crashes didn't happen. Uh, and I still have those aspects of myself. I really, I value community so much and I value inclusivity so much. And um, I've kind of had to terrifyingly and hardly figure out that um, or, or kind of feel that uh, if I really actually want that that inclusivity that is lasting, I have to be okay with crashing up against people sometimes, um, and uh, and that I then I gotta be okay if the people go away, you know, like I have to be okay with that, um, and and sort of figure out a way to to move forward with myself so so yeah with crashing I think that I think I think what I have found with this crashing is that um when I when I have a person that's in front of me and for some reason they're like rubbing me the wrong way and I'm feeling really um kind of agitated by something that's going on that just being agitated by that person, that that is an invitation to this crash in me. Uh, And it's almost like my body crying out for help when my brain doesn't even know that that's where I'm supposed to be going. So um, I was actually, I just got off the phone with Helen, one of my beautiful, beautiful business partners. And she and I were talking about uh, how we were going to talk to a company and some people about a leadership development workshop that we wanted to do with them. And, uh, um, and she was like, I don't know how to approach them. I don't know what to say. And I was like, I don't either. You know, how do we do this? And, uh, she was like, she was like, I just, I just want them to ask me for help because I can help them. Like, I just, I don't know what they need help with. I don't even know if they want help. And, um, so we were kind of talking through that whole thing. And for me, it brought to mind, very much my kids and my relationships with my kids. And I know that uh, there were times when my kids would be such jerks, such little turds. And I was like, I don't know how to help you. I am, I am here literally just to help you. That is why I am here. And I don't know what to do. I, I like, tell me what you need in this moment. And man, I will do it. I will make it happen. Like, do you need discipline right now? Do you need massive amounts of love right now? Do you need to talk right now? I don't know. Like, I got no idea. I have no idea. And they didn't know how to ask for help because they were five or like three. And like, I mean, the three-year-olds barely knew how to put two words together. And so they didn't even know how to ask for help. And it was so frustrating for me because um, I was trying so hard, you know, and I was trying to help them out. Uh, And so then, you know, it was like this not great dance of me trying to elicit from them the help that they needed. So this was like, we were crashing up against each other, clearly 
we kind of both needed help in that situation and we didn't know how to ask for it well. And so, and this happens throughout my life still. There are just people that it's like we're like magnets and we're, we're drawn to each other because there's like some kind of a crash that needs to happen. And I don't even know what that crash is supposed to look like. And, and it's, and they don't even know what the crash is supposed to look like. And so, um, we're drawn to each other and we like, we crash up against each other because our, it's like our bodies know that that's what we're supposed to do. Cause we need to grow in that area and we don't know how to ask for help from each other. So, so there you go. There are all of my thoughts about the crashing and um, asking for help. And I think that there's something around just being like, help. Like, I don't know why I need help, but there's, there's clearly something here. And so that's something that actually I've started saying to people is I'll say to them, I'll be like, Hey, can I crash up against you for a little bit? You know? Cause it's like, it's not necessarily them. It's just something in them that's calling out to me to change inside of me. So with that, we're going to uh, read the next chapter in the Becoming Superwoman 1.0 book. Chapter two, the crashes that make us whole. I think that one of the things we should talk about at this point is my intense belief that we were made to be in relationships with each other. In fact, I think that perhaps that's a cornerstone, a lodestone in the building that we build and name the point of life. For me, in my life, I know that I found each piece of the puzzle that is me by seeing it reflected in another person. And oh, it's amazing and terrifying to be that mirror for others as well. And I get ahead of myself. Did you know that babies left in orphanages without human touch wither and die? They can be completely bodily taken care of, fed, changed, kept warm in blankets. And yet without that human touch, that human connection with another, they will quote unquote fail to thrive. The medical terminology for a baby that for no physical reason slowly dies. Oh, so it has been for me in my life. I love the 2004 movie Crash, not especially for the scenes or the cinematography, but for the immense underlying theme and the quote that underscores it. You brush past people, people bump into you. In LA, nobody touches you. We're always behind this metal and glass. I think we miss that touch so much that we crash into each other just so we can feel something. Crash into each other. So often, that is exactly the way it has been for me as well. I have a friend, an incredibly wonderful, loving man, who witnessed his father murdering his mother when he was just a wee boy. Crash. He is amazingly one of the kindest, most hilarious, most thoughtful men I know. My mother was raised in an incredibly abusive household her mother having been abused by her father, crash. And my mother was somehow through that able to pull it together and become an incredible parent, 
doing the full 180 turn that would change the future of all the generations to come. During my childhood, I was intermittently subject to abuse of my body and soul by my biological father, just like one in every four people on earth. Crash, crash, crash. I have friends that were raised in incredibly loving families, surrounded only by warmth and care and nurture, that routinely crash against the people around them as they discuss and unpack and repack their values, their beliefs, what it means for them to be human and for that other person in front of them to be human. Oh, the crashing comes in every life, doesn't it? It's a matter of when, not if. In his amazing classic, The Road Less Traveled, M. Scott Peck says, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not a surprise that some of us are messed up. What is a miracle is that we're not all complete nutcakes. Crash, crash. We all crash into each other over and over, don't we? Like electrons in a charged environment, we crash parts of ourselves up against parts of others, transferring energy and feelings and memories one to another as we wildly dance our way through life. There's been some amazing research done lately on memory, work that has fundamentally altered the way that I think and move with the people in my life. Basically, the new memory story goes something like this. We now understand that we store some of our memories in the people around us, thus freeing up our brain space for more processing and for storing their memories in us. For me, in practice, that looks something like this. Hubster, why was there a war in Syria again? And I can't remember, what does it have to do with us? And my husband replies with the information, which I then weave into whatever story I'm telling at that cocktail hour. And he, similarly, stores the names of every one of our relatives, children's teachers, children's friends, and occasionally the names and ages of our children, all very important and pertinent information in our lives, in my brain, as those happen to be the memories that I'm the best at. It's lovely and wonderful, actually, to have someone else there with whom I can store those memories. It creates this invisible web between us, binding us together and holding all of our puzzle pieces together so that we don't go flying apart like so many atoms in a supernova. It's the same, I think, with pieces of ourselves. As memories, at least for me, serve as markers of who we are, The storing of these pieces of our memories and others also serves the dual purpose of storing the pieces of ourselves. And then, of course, it's the duty of those that love us to remind us of those pieces when we forget. Yes, you can do this. Don't you remember how courageous you are? Let me help to remind you. And surely you can do this too. And those memories we store in others, those pieces of ourselves that our friends, our colleagues, our lovers, our families hold for us, they are all of the pieces that make up us. And that means that each of us is, in fact, a part of the whole world. And that something precious is lost, is shifted in the web whenever we lose one of those pieces, 
one of those people that stores that information for us. And of course, there's another side to this as well. Because those stories we store in others, sometimes those stories need to change. And oh, hello, crash. For me, there have come many moments throughout my life when I've had to decide how much of my future was going to be determined by my past, my past memories, my past stories. And while my past will always be mine and always play a part in how I think and approach the world, my future actions are mine alone. They are not slaves to the past. In fact, I've found that it's been my duty to claim my destiny instead of allowing my past to claim me. And so, in those moments when I've been able to look at my past truly and openly, look at it and not reject it or abhor it or judge it, just look at it with acceptance and decide that that chapter is closed and another needs to be written. Those moments have usually been accompanied by a crash or, well, often lots of crashes. Do you have those moments when someone says something to you that irks you unreasonably and that statement or question or observation or whatever sticks in your soul and irritates your insides like a burr stuck in the paw that just won't come out? I found that those are often precursors to the crash, the opening salvo and a part of me that needs to be changed, needs to be rewritten. For whatever reason, those anger moments are, for me, one of the ways the universe chuckles in my direction, points its finger at me and says, time to do something about this. And each of those finger pointings come in the form of a crash with another human being. And so just like an orphan child, I've come to claim this intense belief that we desperately need our relationships with each other in order to be that these relationships not only hold the kernel of who we have always been, but also the kernel of who we are to become. In fact, it's become such a strong belief of mine that I've pursued it as one of the pillars of my superwoman life. Like the pillars of Edoras, it holds up the foundation of everything to come. It's just my job to hang on and enjoy the ride and trust that the others are there for a reason, even if literally none of it makes sense at the time. And I wished it were another way. <laughs>